Hey, this is Keith. Or some actor playing Keith, I'm not really sure anymore. But um, we're coming to the end. The end of my Los Angeles con spree. But before I leave, I have some scores to set and discover a couple truths to be revealed. It's all going to come down to the season finale of Rideshare Episode X. It's going to drop on December 3rd. Now, until then, I want you to catch up by binge listening the first season. And I suggest that you do exactly as I say. Or you're going to miss all the fun. Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy. You got to sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's Breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Hi, I'm Buzz Dixon. If you're listening to this, send help! <laughs> <laughs> Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of Knowing is Half the Podcast. We already have one comment on Knowing is Half the Podcast's toy post. Oh, excellent. from Will Winky. It says you're entering a very dark and dangerous path. Oh, that's very oh dear. O- that's very ominous. Wow. Guys, I didn't realize we we're going to be conjuring ancient spirits with the G.I. Joe toys <laughs> that are still strewn all over the table. Oddly enough, he posted that on the one that you posted and not the one that I posted where Shipwreck is, is having sex with Polly. He's stroking Polly and he's looking directly at the camera and grinning. <laughs> it's really upsetting. Guys, check us out on Instagram at knowing is half the podcast or at Gina Ippy. If you want to yeah. see some of the pictures of all the cool toys that uh, Dave, the listener, uh, gave to us, which is very nice of him. Dave, the, is Dave, is, the listener, the same as Dave, the usher? Dave, the usher is a different listener. Damn it. But Dave, Dave, the listener, does. is the same usher. <laughs> does he oh, work no. in a movie theater is he, all he, I want to know. He does not. I will say. With, with Then with, why did you bring us up? I don't know God anymore, guys. Damn it, Ray. We're talking about an episode called The Most Dangerous Thing in the World, Gina. Yep. Written by... Buzz Dixon. Yes, we got another Buzz Dixon episode in the house. And uh, because it's a Buzz Dixon episode, you know there's going to be a little bit more military theme to it, and it's going to be super smart. And we were not disappointed in either one. I will say right now, I'll put on the record, I flat out loved this. Being somebody who has worked in corporate America for so long, I love an episode where incompetent people get promoted and suck. Because that's every day in capitalism. Thank you. I thought you were going to say in your life, and then I was going to say, ooh, I'm going to send an email to everyone you work with. Oh, no. No. No, please. I'm the least competent person. That's why they can't pass me. (laughs) Isn't that how it works? I work from home, so I'm always working with incompetent people. Oh, self-deprecating humor. (laughs) I'm telling the cat. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Merlin, why? He just got promoted to a manager. Merlin just got promoted to your boss. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, well, we open up with a weird simulation that happens because there's a bunch of toys on a field and it feels like it's a real battle and then it zooms back and there's a giant Serpentor watching it. Yeah, I dug this. I, I like the fact that I, because honestly, my first thought was like, Ugh, hasn't every, hasn't like every other episode started with something like this? Right. And then when it's revealed that it's it's just toys, I was like, ooh, touche, Buzz Dixon, touche. they were smaller. They were like miniature size. They you weren't even. You couldn't tell it until you panned out. No, you couldn't, but I'm saying they weren't G.I. Joe size toys yeah which yeah, is kind of yeah. what i wanted they were very small like you could fit like seven of them in the palm of your hand yeah so do you know what it'll be like trying to create a simulation of a tank fight with gi joe sized tanks it I, would be unreasonable i tried in my you bedroom many times arena. when i was a kid she <laughs> tried in the bathtub sense. they flow and then it's a lot easier that's true they do mm-hmm. It's all fact. But there's a weird thing that happens because Serpentor is angry at the simulation because he's like, um, what can we learn from this? It's like a lot, probably, if you run a bunch of different permutations of it. See, you're thinking of simulations like we have today. Like today, when we want to try and figure out um, uh, like how galaxies interact, we just run giant simulations right. where you know the entire star systems are sort of collided into each other and you run it like a, a 10,000 times and get different you know results each time. Uh, th- th- we did not have that technology back then. We we're still dealing with- We had with video games very back large then. Compute- yeah, E.T. We had the E.T. You game. You could have uh. like several pixels moving slowly across the screen. I feel like this was 1986. We had Legend of Zelda. We we learned some things from that. Yeah, but you can't like you can't program it to be like okay, these are these are the Joe's strengths and weaknesses. These are the Cobra's strengths and weaknesses. Who's gonna win a battle? Hmm. Well, Serpentor says he needs an edge, and I'm just like, man, like you really don't respect your own talents if you can't go into a battle unless the battle is unfair. But I guess that is some Sun Tzu oh, stuff right there, right? Yeah, I guess. That's the entire point. We resurrected this guy because he's actually done some reading and he understands how strategy works. And strategy is you you make an uneven fight. I guess literally Sun Tzu is in his DNA. Literally. I miss Cobra Commander. Yeah, no Cobra. This is a this is a full on Serpentor episode of the show. This is a very Serpentory episode. And uh, we we learned through a little bit of uh, exposition that General Hawk is out of town at some NATO meeting in Europe. Yeah, whatever. And uh, Cobra and Dr. Mindbender, and I like this plan a lot. I think as far as Cobra plans go, this one is subtle. This one is effective. Dr. Mindbender says, and Serpentor, of course, being the genius strategist that he is, doesn't get it on any level when it's first explained to him. Dr. Mindbender says, I have three Joes who are all going to get promoted to colonel. Yeah. And they're all incompetent in their own ways. And we're going to like wreck G.I. Joe by putting terrible people in charge. Right. And he was like... Yeah, but isn't General Hawk just going to come back? And yeah. then Also, who is in charge when Hawk is gone? Well, Duke was there, and he is a colonel as well. He's Colonel Duke Hauser. And that's where I had a little bit of confusion, yeah. because wouldn't Duke still be in charge yeah, that's if they're equal rank? But uh, maybe there's like a version of... Now, you guys at home with your military knowledge, uh, maybe help me out with this one. Is there? Do they get promoted to a rank of colonel that's no. like above a different rank yeah, of colonel? Yeah, no, we don't need their help. It's called a super colonel, obviously. Oh, super colonel. <laughs> They have completely different. Uh, they're wet, they're above kernels, or is it like the extra crispy kernel? Mm. What are you suggesting that Colonel Sanders is deep fried? Mm. Yeah, that's how they got the idea for fried chicken. He fell in a in a vat of oil mm-hmm. in the middle of the Civil War. Everybody knows that. Everybody's heard this story. This Jan. delicious logic checks out to me. <laughs> <laughs> 
God damn it. Why didn't we just tell Gina to show up a little bit late and get food first? <laughs> now we're not going to get anything done. She was talking about tacos before. and I'm like, How long does she start trying to eat the figures on the like table? this is how I normally am, even when I'm not starving. <laughs> not going to lie, enough. yeah. Would you like another, would you like another cupcake? I'm, I feel like... How many have I had? Three, two? I don't know. Not enough. There's still I, a three. Tr- I've still had three. I've had another three. One. All right, fair enough. You are going to go get a real taco and not just go over to Taco Bell, right? Yeah, I'm going to get a real taco from Taco Bell. Yeah, taco Bell it, is dude. real Is real tacos. We chain. live what are you in a about? town where there are, <laughs> you could just go half a block and find all sorts, all manner of authentic, delicious tacos. I don't tacos. like authentic tacos. They come on the tiny, like, I know fall apart tortillas. Ray, because you're a big, huge white dude. <laughs> but for the rest of us... That respect our stomachs, and they dump so much cilantro on there. It's like drink. It's like drinking Dawn soap. Look, if there was a, if there are, was, are a, you one of those people? Yes. Oh, you're one of those people. Ooh. Yeah. If there were pasta trucks on every corner, Ooh. I would be on board. You know what? If we voted for Hillary, then there would have been. <laughs> Isn't that what Trump said? It's like taco trucks. It was truck. taco trucks in every. I corner. heard pasta truck. Oh, okay. I heard <laughs> Miss. I mean, I was, so delicious see they're not going to remember that yeah they, they that listened to that on wednesday like a week ago <laughs> it was like two <laughs> days ago like i a, think they're still like on the running ago. gag no okay <laughs> so the three joes that get promoted here we have <laughs> dial tone we have lifeline and we have your boy shipwreck uh this made me go oh because <laughs> I, I i feel like if, yes if someone that would make okay if, if that would make me feel really bad like if someone was like all right we're going to crown a leader of this podcast that's going to derail everything. Oh, this is definitely a Carrie situation. <laughs> like, oh, you've been made uh, prom queen. Oh, no. Yeah. Are they going to dump pig's blood on Shipwreck's head during that's, the- uh, uh, Naturally. That's basically what happens right after the credits go. Oh, my gosh. Well, mm-hmm. we just learned something about ourselves. Um, okay, so immediately they're th- all three are promoted to the rank of colonel. All three are immediately told of their new positions while they're in the middle of their own hijinks. Uh-huh. And immediately they are terrible at their jobs. Like this plan is maybe the best plan Cobra has ever had. It's frankly a solid plan. Yeah. So, uh, uh, except for the part where Colonel or General Hawk comes back. Yeah, but I mean, even if he if he had come back ten minutes later, yeah, he wasn't supposed to come back right away. Yeah, if he had just come back ten minutes later, because he only came back because the a, a couple of the other Joes tattle were insubordinate. And what are the odds Beachhead would be a tattletale? Oh wait, <laughs> roughly a thousand percent. Ugh. Well, before they even get their thing, Dial Tone almost gets killed because he's messing with some sort of like vehicle thing that almost collapses and falls on his head. Mainframe has to feet of strength grab him by the heels of his boots and dead yank him in about one second out from underneath the car well you've got right here a leatherneck and wetsuit uh almost die trying to like pull something on a pulley a giant machine yeah. of some kind and it turns out it's because shipwreck didn't whatever the mcguffin was that he was supposed secure to secure a bolt or something yeah and uh, and do you have uh do you have a little sound poll for me here mr chan because there was something that happened with leatherneck and wetsuit that it was just a, a couple of phrases in a row that were just pure buzz and pure delight why that roadblock or, or slipstream or, or me? Sorry, that is not what you wanted. <laughs> no, but, but it's awesome. I just love that Beachhead. Oh, me. Me. What happened? That's really what I'm getting at. What about Beachhead? <laughs> uh, sorry, one more time. What were you looking for? <laughs> oh, there's a leather leatherneck and wetsuit conversation that uh, I think just is oh, perfectly there it is. done. Right. So he's going to need a hospital in about two seconds. Hey, now cut it out. You don't want to fight each other. Uh, we don't. I just love that bit so much. 
<laughs> you guys don't want to fight each other. Oh, 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 oh. you are wrong, oh, sir. Contraire, yeah, mon frere. Exactly. And then, of course, we, we cut over to Shipwreck, and he is asleep. He spends roughly what? He's like a cat. He spends roughly 22 and a half hours a day napping. Yeah, yeah. Is that is I that mean, appropriate? He's my kind of guy. <laughs> he's your kind of guy. Snacks and napping and just good and yeah. hangs out with a bird. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Everything about it is great. Animals. <laughs> I feel like I feel like he probably he probably just had like a big bowl of pasta. Then he took a pasta nap. He took a pasta naps are a real thing. Yeah, they are. Okay, Sarah. Now, if you eat pasta and you don't take a nap for forty five minutes afterwards, you are doing the experience incorrectly. Yeah. This is why I want a truck on every corner <laughs> so that I can truck. go. Get some pasta, walk right back home. Or could there be like nap trucks next to the pasta trucks? Ooh, I like it. So you go in there and just have a nap on some more like comfortable? the way you think. Nah, vote for me. <laughs> uh, cutting over to a televiper who's setting up the uh, setting up a cable right now. So now we actually get the plan in action. The promotions are about to happen. And there was a great line of logic in here as they all get promoted to colonels in the army. And then the one line is, shipwreck's not even in the army. <laughs> 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 Which I love that it just completely destroys its own mm-hmm. plot device with complete correct reality. This is on- but the episode does not care. It's 100% on all of the rest of Joe's to realize like wait a minute there's like a little uh there's like a little uh, uh watermark down here at the bottom of this message that says dr mindbender <laughs> oh i weird. wonder why that is <laughs> oh, well anyway you're colonels now good luck you're gr- yeah g- here's the deal guys don't know where it came from not my place to question it congratulations shipwreck you're in charge <laughs> and immediately shipwreck becomes a colossal asshole like within we, one second. We all knew that that was coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no question that Shipwreck does not deserve uh, to have any sort of power over other human beings. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine if Shipwreck was in charge of your life? Ugh. Your life would probably not last much I longer. I feel like Gina, with her, with the stories that she tells us about her work, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like at, at le- that's like a point seven Shipwreck. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. Not full-blown Shipwreck? No, 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 no. I mean, yeah, you seriously would die if uh, shipwrecked with your boss. Well, but, here we uh, go. So we get the first example of incompetence, because I really like the way this episode builds, that before Cobra actually like takes advantage of it, we get to see in action what happens when these three poor choices uh, are put in the leadership positions. And we got Dial Tone, who messes with the guidance systems of all the Havocs. Because he just wants to tinker with things and make them better. Uh-huh. Just wants to, uh-huh. just, he just better. wants to mess around. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lifeline removes all the weapons from the Mauler tanks, which the tanks, like, half the tank is a cannon. To be fair, uh, I understand why uh, it's it's a training exercise. You would save money to not use live ammunition. Yes. And, you know, like, uh, there's probably better ways to go about this. Um, I don't. I don't know about disconnecting them. How about just telling them, "Hey, don't fire. Don't your use guns. them. This is part of the deal." I don't think they can be trusted to not fire. They're like little, like boys and little, to- like toys. Little boys with toys. That's they can't fair. not play with or like them. Like little Gina's with toys. <laughs> they can't not play with them. What are you doing? I'm giving them all. Creating I'm an entire battle scene. <laughs> but also, these guys are coming after you, Chan. I see. There's okay. a whole allotment of Crimson Guardsmen. This, guy, this guy's running away from you. Have Chan on notice. <laughs> I, so I frightened at least one of the figures on the table. That's, that's good. Uh, and finally, Shipwreck has some really poor maneuvers right here. And the, the whole thing ends up going crazy because Shipwreck starts the exercise before it's ready. 
the, the the tanks end up getting blown up by the missiles because they they're able to they can't shoot them down and because right. the missiles have been messed with they 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 miss loop around and hit them from the side. Let us take note uh, that the missiles have been improved. Messing with the guidance yes. system makes them better. So, you know, yeah, but maybe not the desired outcome that we were hoping in our training exercise, not for the training exercise. That was a terrible idea. <laughs> but... Did you guys notice that shipwreck's mouth during one of the scenes does not move while he's talking? I did not. Yeah, well, there's I... no animation mistake. So he picked the worst time to try ventriloquism. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, he is definitely he has definitely been working on ventriloquism with Polly. <laughs> there's no question. <laughs> Wait a minute. What if what if Polly's never spoken a word in life and it was always shipwrecked? Oh, and like shipwrecks like a crazy person. Yeah, That's your so say shit right there. Like his id comes out through the form of Polly, and he's just like the greatest ventriloquist in the entire world. Or what if it's the opposite? What if Polly's the one in charge? Oh my god. What if shipwreck is a, just a drone body, <laughs> and Polly's telekinetically controlling him? <laughs> if that's the case, then Polly, you got to stop doing that to all those those women. Polly's it's like so the, terrible. The, the rat from Ratatouille or something. Oh yeah, an idiot savant cook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Lifeline officially takes charge right here. Lifeline is probably the most decent of leaders of the three of them. Like, if I was going to pick one guy, he's not good, but at least he's able to save a leatherneck and wetsuit from the tank by ordering Roadblock to, like, smack the, his thing into it. Uh-huh. And, 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 and open it up. And we and as they're recovering on the ground, which, not, don't take them to a hospital, guys. Just just leave them there in the dirt, just lying down <laughs> with a blanket under them. Uh, uh, Chan, can I get a sound poll just of... Uh, uh, leatherneck and wetsuit talking about what the most dangerous thing in the world is. Uh, you know, I would, but right now I'm making this GI Joe make <laughs> jerk off motions uh, with that little kung fu grip of his. Guys, these toys were a mistake, um, um, and I, I immediately regret my air, decision. Like I have a, found like, cool places for them. <laughs> like he's a uh, what do you call the mechanical bull? Oh yeah, yeah, jerking off on the mechanical bull yeah. like we've all done. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, we have not all done that. Ooh, yes, that is we not have. a thing. Yes, we have. Ray, if you're in the minority on this one, <laughs> that's that's on you, man. Oh, my goodness. We got a saying in the Marines. The most dangerous thing in the world is a green officer in the dark with a book of matches. Amen to that, brother. Oh, we got him on the same page. I do love the moments when they're together. <laughs> like, oh, fuck, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, these when guys you're right, are you're right. these guys are terrible. <laughs> I want to say right now, in many different jobs throughout my life, I have had that exact conversation. <laughs> Maybe not verbatim, but of just me and another person just just looking at each other, just shaking our heads <laughs> at the reality that we've been forced into. It's 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 uh it's our life on this podcast when Chan and I look at each other and shake our heads. Yep. Yeah, but that's only when I say something dumb, so it doesn't happen very. Oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, as it turns out. Amen to that, sister. <laughs> yep. Guys, <laughs> how do we feel about Cobra submarine tanks? These are the most interesting. <laughs> uh, that's a word for it. So they're submarines with treads on them. Uh-huh. So they're submarines. They're giant submarines. Mm-hmm. And they have treads so they can go on land. Seems ingenious to me. Next step, profit, obviously. <laughs> There wasn't such a toy, was there? No, that toy never existed to my knowledge. That's so strange because it feels like it was sort of it's it's a it's a dumb idea. Yeah. And it feels like it's been shoehorned in there because they're trying to sell toys. So fine, that is what it is. Maybe it was like a prototype and they never actually yeah, released the toy be because people guess. weren't into it. That would I don't be know. my guess. I don't even think that people weren't into it. I think that someone was just like, Oh, is this dumb? But then they made the Cobra bug. I'll still get back to it. Yep. 
Which, oh, and I got to take a moment real quick. Uh, we asked a, a week ago uh, which vehicle was our favorite, and we were appropriately shamed on the Twitter because none of us said, me in particular, said the bridge layer. How I could have possibly in the moment blanked on my favorite thing of all time, the bridge layer, which we, you know, it's, you know why, though? It's because we haven't seen it in like a year. Yeah. We haven't seen a bridge layer in the show in like a million years. It feels like, uh, it feels like, when it when it first showed up uh the uh early episodes yes i clearly and distinctly remembered the bridge layer from my childhood cuz they kept finding excuses is to have to use Commander it in the show. about to kick a football at me no, why is he's doing musical theater for you i see okay well yeah but the part of the problem is is that his arms aren't more like that that's the balance you need if you're doing <laughs> musical theater see okay all right uh-huh so it doesn't look like he's charlie brown trying to Guys, this is a this is a visual medium, as we know. Um, uh, and uh, when when we talked about uh, vehicles, I had completely forgotten about the bridge layer. I think I have watched enough episodes that uh, I have completely replaced the experience of my childhood with this adult experience of GI Joe. And Excellent. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. Uh, it's probably not for you, but it's great for me. I'm having a blast, you guys. <laughs> G.I. Joe will return after these messages. He's getting mad. He's getting mean. He's breaking the line for the G.I. Joe team. That's right. It's William the Refrigerator Perry. The bridge is on G.I. Joe. You can get a free fridge. Here's out. Select five bridge certificates or call the number on the certificate and the bridge will tell you how to get in on the action with only four certificates. There's a $1 handling charge. See details on specially marked G.I. Joe packages. Watch out, Cobra. Fred is coming through. Go, go! Now, back to G.I. Joe. Um, so, okay, so Cobra's big plan here. They're decided to test out this whole deal with um, G.I. Joe being out of sorts with the new leadership in place. So they attack the Bonner Research Institute. Boner. Mm-hmm. The Boner Research Institute. Thank you, Gina. And they immediately the Cobras show up and they just start shooting the pool. On <laughs> uh, all caps in my notes, I have blow up pool. Their first plan, <laughs> they show up at this fan, and they're also having like a fancy dinner party uh, at I guess the there's, institute. There's like a resort nearby because afterwards he says, uh, use uh, the resources here as a base. Uh, oh, here we go. Here we go. Use this resort as a base of Oh, so this is like their Normandy. It's like, yeah, it's nearby. I also was like, why are people at uh, a research institute in cocktail dresses? And then then I was like, maybe this isn't a research institute. Maybe this is like Mar-a-Lago. And everyone's just bombing Trump's Trump's dinners. Yep. Well, no, I mean, it's Mar-a-Lago. So in other words, he thinks, Serpentor thinks the president should obviously be there uh, (laughs) with like every top secret document that they have. (laughs) And he was only off... By uh, got the year wrong. He, yeah. just has to, he just has to wait ten minutes until someone Instagrams one of them. <laughs> well, this is where Beachhead. Is, so the attack is underway, and immediately Beachhead and Mainframe are like, "Yeah, something's fucked up, guys. We gotta, we gotta send a message to Hawk because this don't feel right." How, uh, this is three times in my notes. I just wrote, "How are they this incompetent?" Because if <laughs> I had one complaint about this episode, it's that like, "How are they this incompetent?" Now, who do you mean? What do you mean by who? Who are the incompetent? The trio. Okay. I, I just don't buy it. Well, no, I th- I think uh, I I do buy that that uh, that Doctor Mindbender. Of course, he would know best 
who would be the three people you could put in um, to place that would fuck things up the absolute worst? Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. I think you could have put pre- low light in place and maybe more people would have died. More people would have died, but I don't know <laughs> that it would have been worse. It would be more dangerous uh, for the Cobra <laughs> Commanders because he would have just wiped them all out oh, in, one, true. in that, one sweep. That one could go spectacularly wrong as he genocides Cobra. Yeah, he would <laughs> chew on their bones. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, yeah. So, like, I... I I'm on board with that. He he made the right call, and I do think that uh, all of them have uh, s- such disparate views that they would clash with each other, and then just every- no one would know where to go. I don't like just overall that General Flag comes in like a superhero. General Hawk, General Hawk whatever. Gen- I don't like General Hawk, and I, never I love either. General no, Hawk. No, no. I think I, he's great in this I, episode. I specifically wrote Hawk. I hate you. <laughs> and also, I was under the impression that, like, oh, this is going to end. It's going to be that old trope where at, when times are really tough, the three of them come together and fix it. Nope. Right. Yeah. Like, nope. I, I thought it was literally going to be, like, you know, I feel like we've all written pilots like this where it's like, ooh, okay, here's the A, a storyline, and then there's a B storyline, and the C, and like the, they have to solve each other. Sip. I thought at some point it was going to be like, all right, this isn't working Guys, so uh, so you know, shipwreck. You're a crazy person who has this crazy formation idea that no one's ever tried before. But we're gonna fix it because we're gonna also get dial tone to rig the guns up, mm-hmm. and then Lifeline how- is gonna go in and scoop up the injured and give them like fix them on the spot so they can go right back into the firefight. I thought that's how it was gonna end. That's how it should have ended, guys. Yeah. We can only defeat Cobra if one of us can find a perfect place to nap. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like let's let's instead of butting heads let's come together. What it turned out to be was um basically the chain of command. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh that's that's the message is the chain of, there is a chain of command because this is what happens otherwise. Yeah. However, I don't like that way it comes across is that like G.I. Joe is nothing without General Hawk. Yeah, this is uh, like if 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 Home Alone if instead of defending the house Kevin cowered under the under the Christmas tree until his mom came home and stopped the burglars. I think I'll make a better movie. Honestly, <laughs> I would probably have preferred that one to the alternative. I just I like the I, I think there's a real life lesson here about incompetent management and that if you put sure. the wrong people in positions of power and authority, that bad things are going to happen that can only be fixed by removing that person from that <laughs> level of authority. <laughs> and I think that's a honest to God, that's a real thing in life yeah. that they're not sugarcoating. And I yeah. learned a lesson about leadership in this episode. I just thought like, oh, they're going to feel so shouldn't. bad. Be a leader. That I shouldn't have it. That's yeah. what I learned. Look, I think we all know that if one of us is going to be in a leadership position, it's going to be me. I don't think anyone would argue with you on that, <laughs> even slightly. Uh, I, I just thought. I mean, I, I would say thought... that, uh, yeah, because clearly you have no skills at figure positioning <laughs> or, or anatomy. Uh, like, what is Cobra Commander like doing? Everything is That's clear not... exactly what's going on. I no. feel like oh, I would. Like, these guys took the high ground. <laughs> I feel like I would get the job getting the donuts for the office, but yet somehow the donuts were still in charge of me. Uh, yeah, or like you would somehow like screw the donuts up. Like we'd be like, "Yo, these are from two weeks ago," and you'd be like, "How? I just bought them. I don't understand." You guys, wah wah wah. But I just feel like once these guys find out why Cobra did this, <laughs> how terrible would you feel? Like it, it would it would literally be like if, and we all have various weird jobs. None of us have, have real jobs. 
but it I would, would I would agree with that a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. But it would be like if someone like came into your store, Ray, like if you're if you're whoever the owner was was like, Ray, you're in charge. And you were like, Yes, yes. Finally. And then, and then you find out he put you in charge because he was hoping you would set your stupidity would set the place on fire so he could collect the insurance. It's assumed, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or like Chan, if Yahoo called you and they were like, Oh, hey, can you write this? article and they found out that they wanted you to like screw it up because the so that the actor would get mad at you and not at yahoo and it's like you feel like you're in charge okay that one was a hard one to do it's so weird that the incompetence uh uh, parable only works with me (laughs) huh (laughs) strange strange that you try to put chan in it just doesn't seem to make sense at all i got it chan works for yahoo it would be Uh like if yahoo was like oh hey Chan, you're great at this stuff. Can you can you uh, uh, fix our email server? And then they would be like, "That guy's the reason that we had the like they you wanted to use you as a scapegoat for the email hacks." Right. Okay. Gotcha. That, that that makes sense. It's like yeah. it's like if you got put in charge, you'd feel real real good, real happy. And then when it's like, "Oh, we put you in charge because you're super dumb." Or like on the flip side, if there was like an entertainment uh, uh, thing with a big show or comic book, what have you, and they said, "Gina, we want you in charge of this," so you did it, and then we're actually very successful. <laughs> Yeah. It's true to life. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, maybe that example doesn't hold up under scrutiny. To make my point, uh, uh, yeah. so they're, they're, GI Joe now has to defend the uh, uh, the boner res- resort, uh-huh. and the, each of the three guys in charge. Now, there's always a person in charge of another person, right? Am I mistaken? Like yeah. all three of them are on equal platforms, and there is a lot of confusion because of it. And so each one has his own plan for how we're going to deal with this attack. So where are Flint and Duke? Well, Duke is there. That's the weird thing. I, uh, yeah, we see him. He doesn't actually say anything ever. Does he doesn't. He? He's a background player in a I couple like of scenes. I feel like that was an animation mistake, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I think it was I a s- bad choice to have him there because we know he is a colonel, which is the same thing as I, I just said. Think, I just they're promoted think to. They made a mistake, and then and then they were like, "Eh, we already did it." Yeah, they they put everybody in there because I saw Quick yeah. Kick. Yeah, Quick Kick was there. Yeah, it was Quick Kick running away from a vehicle. It's like, hey, yeah. well, there he goes. That <laughs> was they just didn't have time to design a new character. Yeah, because the thing was, uh, they they talked about it at the beginning. They were like, yeah. And, uh, we learned about the GI Joe structure a little bit, right? Like, if General Hawk is gone, there's still. Duke, Duke and, and Flint, Flint at the top, right yeah. underneath them are Beachhead and Sergeant, Sergeant Slaughter. Slaughter. Yeah. And if those guys are all together, you know, we're still got a problem. The fact that only Beachhead was there says that none of the other three guys plus uh, General Hawk were there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that would make yeah. sense. Yeah. And, but like we, I think if you just replace Duke with a nondescript Joe, I think that you're... I would I would have appreciated like a quick throwaway line like, uh, oh, Hawk's here. The other guys are there doing this mission... Right, they're undercover somewhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, well, maybe it got cut. Maybe it got cut <laughs> in the edit. Well, GI Joe attacks Cobra at this uh, base, and they do so about as poorly as we've like the Joe team. Despite the leadership, should still be performing better than this, shouldn't they? Each one is a superhero. For That's God's what I'm sakes. saying. How are they this incompetent? Well, because now you have. Uh, dial tone like cool i get to implement all my strategies that i've been thinking of they don't have any training going into it right he doesn't actually have any training in um like giving those orders Mm -hmm. he just knows that column b goes here column a goes here it makes sense in his head right yeah but what a lot of times you you have something (laughs) that uh, makes sense in your head and then it comes out of your mouth and then you're ray so he's he's (laughs) he's 
either autistic hey, or he's. Dang. I don't think he has to be any of the above. It's just he's yeah. got a, a grand plan that probably isn't good to start with that uh-huh. he does a terrible job explaining. So you've got the Havocs just going around in like a uh-huh. figure eight motion with each other yep. that nobody. And then they all just get blown to shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, at which then- point, Shipwreck, his one plan. Run forward as fast as we can on hovercrafts. Right. there, That only works in very specific instances. <laughs> We've and, seen that plan work before. hovercrafts are not the way to do it. And uh, uh, the bats just tear up the hovercrafts and just yep. shred them. Yeah. And then Lifeline, you know, it's a good plan to bring in Tomahawk to help people. But you can't do that unless you've already secured right. uh, every other places. <laughs> it's if a support plan. If you just take plan. them in at, to- at, at the front, they're, they're going to get blown up. That is correct. So, and so Lifeline's like, shoot in front of the tanks yep. to make sure you don't hit them. And idea. Dr. Mindbender, could, uh, do you guys have, like, do you have that laugh? Because he thinks it's the most hilarious thing he's ever seen in his life. <laughs> Sorry, okay, that, that was Serpentor. That's a good one, too. Oh, I have that one tagged so for a pull as well. Because <laughs> that struck me as just delightful. Well, I really thought he, uh, I really thought he did some laughing there, but I guess not. He just figured out what was going on. Mm. No. So, all right. So he just, I just, he enjoys the fact that his plan is coming to fruition. I thought they were, he did some laughing in there. I was wrong. Laughing? Laughing. Laughing. It's like, it's like laughing, but on a, on a, on a, on a hovercraft. Laughter. That's when you dress as a wizard and go play in the woods with laughter. That's uh, one laugh, more time, laughing. then, for good measure. <laughs> well, that just brings me a ton of joy. Uh, so, okay. So, Serpentor is not happy just winning the day against G.I. Joe. And here again, uh, Dr. Mindbender is like, let's just pull back. We we did some great damage. We we decimated their forces. Let's just pull back. And Serpentor's like, no. Serpentor's that guy on the uh, the Price is Right that always just does that one card pull, a little uh, bit more to win the car. That always uh, is just ah, it's just one over, and then there you do you lose the car. Mm-hmm. So Serpentor says, no, we're already here at GI Joe headquarters. And for the record, they are right next door, and they're just obliterating GI Joe. I don't hate his plan here. It's just it just turns out to be the wrong plan. <laughs> Uh yeah, they pull out the uh the big red penis and start poking <laughs> on the walls. Yes, uh, as you do. Yep, as you do. So they they just start bombing the shit out of Joe headquarters. Like yep. they are just overrunning it, and, and they absolutely it's the same way he took Washington. Like I just don't think his plan was like you, you blow it up, but you can't hold it. You have to just wreck it and walk away. Mm-hmm. So at, you, yeah, at some point during this scene, and I have no idea what it's referring to. Uh, but it's like right before it's over, I just wrote, Come the fuck down, Serpentor. <laughs> and I don't know what it's in reference to, but I he think must have been pretty freaking much out. Anytime about Serpentor is on the screen. You no, know, it was a very specific thing. Maybe when he was like retreating or something. When he I think it's when he has to retreat from this battle. Well, G.I. Joe's still effing it up here because Shipwreck decides, like, we're getting our asses handed to us. I'm going to grab the particle beam gun, which the fact he even knows it exists, I think, already shows a glaring mistake in Joe's plan. (laughs) Because apparently with this thing, everybody on the base except for Shipwreck knows you're supposed to prep it because it's for shooting up and he's trying to shoot it across. I'm not really sure on the physics of this, Chan. Maybe you can explain it to me. Don't do it. 
Don't do it. <laughs> well, it ends up he ends up shooting it. He misses and it crashes through the floor. Through several floors. <laughs> through several floors, w- d- annihilating a huge section of Joe Banks. Yeah, they mm-hmm. do so much damage to this base. I hope it's coming straight out of their paychecks. <laughs> well, since each Joe gets paid a billion dollars a month. <laughs> Put it on my card. Sh- shouldn't be too hard right there. So okay, this is the this is the uh, Deus ex machina moment. General Hawk shows up and immediately has the plan. Doesn't really have, doesn't really need to survey the situation, mm-hmm. know what's going on. He just immediately has a plan for success involving eight people against an army, and it works. And his plan is like climb down there, get a vehicle, and shoot some guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, mean, I feel like I could have come up with that one. That's how I would have done it. <laughs> and then there's a huge comeback. And then I got one more sound pull here because a uh, uh, general. I mean, a lot of action happens. They climb down an air duct. You know, they do a lot of shooting. Bazooka fires in midair. It was as he's awesome. Jumping down. No, I don't know about oh, that. Oh, more of that. Yeah. <laughs> terrible idea. Very strong man. <laughs> uh, do you have the uh, retreat at haste, doubt at leisure pull? What? I don't believe this. That's I suggest you retreat in haste and doubt at leisure. Is there more Serpentor right after that? Mm. Cobra, pull back! Aren't we gonna chase him, sir? Nope. Oh, I get. It was probably what. Yeah, it was probably Serpentor saying that. Well, Serpentor, he didn't even get involved in the battle this time. He is like cowering behind his shield on his uh, on his vehicle as all the laser blasts are happening, ordering other people forward. That is not leadership. They shall pay for their insolence. Get them with our lasers. It was, was that. that. It? it was okay. that. There we go. Get them with our lasers. <laughs> He's just like every angry sitcom dad ever. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, which sitcom dad screamed about laser beams? <laughs> you know, the one with the family and their... oh, Family Matters. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yep. mm-hmm. uh, or possibly so Mr. Now, Belvedere. Uh, yeah, Mr. Belvedere. Uh, all I have to say about Hawk is that he lays a guilt trip like a Jewish grandmother. <laughs> How so? Like he he is just he comes into the situation, the battle is over, and then he's like. Oh, you wanted to still fight them? What were you going to fight them with, huh? Uh, he's like, because we could chase them down. He's like, with what, dick? Yeah, exactly. We have nothing. Because of your incompetence, we now have to grab shovels and start digging the base back out and again. And it's like, hey, we, we know we really messed up, Hawk. But also, maybe you shouldn't have left and left no one in charge? Well, you know, in theory, I guess Duke was in charge. No, yeah, Duke the Duke is up. an animation mistake. Well, I, I don't know. I feel like Duke, this is a bad job, Duke, because he, he's also a colonel. I'll say it again. He's not there. He's somewhere else. He's yeah. on vacation. We you know saw what? him there twice. You know what? There are probably three dozen blonde dudes with crew okay. guys yes. wearing that might green fatigues. Yes. <laughs> so it's, Although uh, they could yes. have dressed him up and said, I'm Duke. I'm here now. You boys stand down. And they would have been better off. <laughs> Dr. Mindbender shows up with a blonde wig. <laughs> I am Duke. <laughs> I say surrender to Cobra. Is that a good, I, that would have been a good plan. Mm-hmm. Well, and then uh, I swear to God, does General Hawk have like a cup of coffee as he's sitting on the rubble having a little chat with the three guys who got promoted? It was definitely sitcom dad. It was, this was the sitcom dad yeah. moment to me. He's like, so uh, you smoked all those cigarettes and now you feel sick, huh? 
I just you see where you made your mistake. He he, the amount of like truth he lays down oh, with oh. that speech at the very end. This is the hardest truth any yeah. of these men have heard. The first one's okay. The, well, the second first... one is is crushing. The third one is like, yeah, shipwreck knows he's a fuck up. The, <laughs> the, but like dial tone, I feel like was like what? Dial tone was obviously what? the most broken man at the end of this. Yeah, it's like when you have a conversation with your comedy friend where you're like, hey, buddy, maybe maybe this isn't for you, and you just want to do it as a as a hobby from now on my huh? goodness if i had a dime for every time i had that conversation <laughs> uh, the, the other Wait, side, which side of it? Me, <laughs> okay. yeah, then i've I had would, it uh, several times right <laughs> with people you know if you went back to michigan <laughs> who'd notice yeah like oh you know what i know your parents want you to move back home and maybe you should just until you get get your feet back under you, huh, buddy? And then, like, just seeing their faces when they're like, "Oh, wait, I'm not ever gonna make it at comedy or anything that like is mildly related to it." Oh it's, no! I think that's dial tone right now. I guess I, I'll have to podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, was that was that my truth bomb of the episode? Mm-hmm. Is that too real? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, okay. So he talks about desire and ability, and it is. This is a great. I sort of got. He's got a cigarette and a cup of coffee, uh-huh. and he's just having a chat while like sitting, kind of half like man spreading. You have the ability to be an effective officer, but not the desire. Got that right. And, yeah. then, and then Lifeline's like, yeah, yeah. fuck yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> really? Definitely. I, would have, I was about to quit. Like, he's not crushed. No. As others, Dial Tone has the desire, but not the ability. Don't feel bad, son. Not everyone's cut out to be a leader. Oof. That's the big one That is the big one. And he, does, he couldn't tell Dial Tone, like, maybe with some time and seasoning, you <laughs> could grow into this role. Yeah, this is like that, this is like that scene in Caddyshack where the kid is, is like, hitting up the, <laughs> the rich guy about, like, oh, you know, I wanted to do this, too. And he's like, the world needs ditch diggers. <laughs> yeah. As for shipwreck, well, what can I say? He has neither the desire nor the ability. The thing is, all the Joes are there for a for a reason. They're all yes. good. They're all the best they are at what it is they do. And you you don't have to be good at everything. No. Lifeline have acknowledges he knows. That, uh, like, yeah, don't put him into a combat uh, um, yeah. or a situation where he has to, you know, Make military violent. decisions. But yeah. here, here's the thing. As someone who has coached people before who have come to me about, like, why am I not advancing? You got to do the compliment sandwich. You got to be like, you got to be like, hey, dial tone. God, that that like, you know, when you change the nav system on those missiles, that was actually like really smart. You did such a great job. I don't really think that, you know, a promotion is in your cards just because it seems like maybe you don't handle it the best. But if you've got any plans for writing up weaponry, I mean, you're great at that. See? See? I just made it better like for it. Dial Tone. <laughs> Wait a minute. I just made it better for Dial Tone. Hold on a sec. It's, I had a conversation with Chan <laughs> once where Chan said, hey, Ray, uh, occasionally you do things that are mildly amusing. I don't think you should ever get anywhere near the world of comedy. Would you like to podcast? <laughs> Um, I feel like there it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Here we are. I mean, I had to talk with Gina to find out how to do that <laughs> because my impulse was go away <laughs> forever, forever. Leave me alone. 
This kind of compounds my hatred of Hawk, to be honest, at this point. Oh, I, I, real quick, uh, this ties in. You talk about where Shipwreck came from. Uh, Buzz Dixon's novel, The Most Dangerous Man in the World, uh-huh. the whole first section of it is Shipwreck's origin story and why he's a member of the Joe team. And it actually ties into Shipwreck's deal is that he's a survivor. I'm we don't really know. Yeah, we don't really know why, but if like six people, he's the least competent of the six. However, he's the one that's going to like get out alive <laughs> and be in the right place to take the kill shot when it's necessary. Yeah. Through pure happenstance and accident. But it happens so much, you just kind of at a certain point be like, he's got to just be on something. Yeah, like, keep him or around. he's like a, he's like some sort of savant. Yeah, see, yes. that would work great in your compliment sandwich when you're talking that's to shipwreck, it. right? <laughs> you're like some sort of crazy savant who survives every situation you have neither the desire nor nor the ability ability. to lead but your mustache is on point but if you were to tell shipwreck shipwreck i don't think you should be promoted would he disagree with you no that's why i'm saying the only one in this scenario who is going to be depressed for weeks is dial tone yeah i feel like there's a gina alternate ending happening with (laughs) dial tone in this yeah like like, talk about talk about morale like at the beginning they're like oh the three guys that are gonna like do crap for morale it's like throw general hawk in there he's not doing great things for morale either man i tell you what like i mean he knows how to talk you know i mean because lifeline is like yes i agree uh yeah he's telling him to his face that like you know you're a shitty leader and he's like thank you yeah he doesn't (laughs) want to be there yeah and shipwreck i mean he knows he knows he knows. <laughs> he knows. Ever since he watched his goo wife goo before his eyes <laughs> oh, and burn up in that building with his goo daughter. He's been broken inside <laughs> ever yeah, since then. He, his he goo wants- daughter pulled the RPG on him. He's never is, quite been the same. This is Dial Tone's goo daughter moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, di- Dial Tone. Like, he's going to, like, General Hawk is going to walk into the commissary later and it's just going to be di- <laughs> him, like, staring at a sandwich. And he's going to be like, hey, what do you, what do you got there? Oh, nothing. Just, just, just. <laughs> where did you go? Did you want to be? Uh, did you want to go for that promotion, Dial Tone? No, uh, just a dream just I had. A dream just I had. a dream. Well, I just realized we basically seen shipwreck highlighted in three episodes of season two. Okay, and all three are Buzz Dixon written. Yeah, because he loves it. Yeah, he does. As I mean, do, as correctly. Uh, arise for Pento Arise when he was writing the letter to the chick who didn't love him and he had sexually harassed and he was apologizing. <laughs> the second one is Once Upon a Joe where he spends half the episode napping <laughs> until he finds the MacGuffin device and ter- creates a cartoon for children. Yep. And the third one is this episode where he's promoted despite his napping and incompetence <laughs> and at the end they leave him under the rubble yes they do they just leave they go on coffee break and <laughs> leave him desperate for air i feel like after you love and lose a merwoman love and lose a goo woman and love and lose a goo daughter like you're never going to be promoted again you're just doing the bare minimum until you retire, and then you're, mm. and then you're doing you're just watching weird porn all day. Yep. <laughs> it's just karaoke Fridays <laughs> at the Tonga Hut, and like frozen dinners by yourself. Oh, you're eating that Salisbury steak like three times a day. Mm. <laughs> and guys, that is it for <laughs> the most dangerous thing in the world, guys. I mean, I like to say there are some real world lessons to be learned in this. I will yep. say it again. Yep. I really, really, really liked this episode. Yeah. This is a Ray Speed episode. Because- Ray Speed episode is what? Like an episode that's like in halftime? It's it's on Valium. <laughs> so I can follow it. Unlike Legion. 
Hi, uh, Joes. I don't, I don't even. I'm not even going to bother trying to explain episode three to you, Ray. It's you it's, know I'm going to still have questions. Yeah, I have no doubt. Guys, once I'm done with my busy week, I'm going to watch it, and you're going to you're spoiling everything. Have we spoiled anything? All you all you no, know going in is Ray doesn't get it. Those, I ignore all your messages that have to do with it. Oops. Oh yeah, I guess I did say some things on there, but I don't think any of that's going to help anybody. <laughs> Who's real? Everyone's real, Ray. Uh... Well, guys, a couple things to plug before we get out today. We have an Amazon link. Uh, if you want to go to boardwalkaudio.com slash knowing is half the podcast and click on our Amazon link, support our artists. If you're going to buy something off Amazon, it costs you nothing more, and we get a little tiny little piece of it, and it helps us to do our thing. You can also go to patreon.com slash knowing is half the podcast and, and donate to the show. You know, it's a monthly donation, but you can do one and go away, or you can do one and keep going, sustaining. Go away. I don't know. For 10 bucks. You can ask me to sing a song, and I will. <laughs> I will sing you the X Men theme song. Oh wait, the good one or the Pride of the X Men? Oh, I've already forgotten what the old one is. X Men saving the day. Oh, oh Jesus, I do remember. Oh that. yes, it's ingrained. Ooh, oh, that's terrible. Uh-huh. And then there's Magneto or we something got, like that. We got that. another great. another comment uh, on on my polypic that says Hector X Delgado didn't know parrots were fans of tummy rubs. Oh, Today ooh. I learned it's from that John Stanley. So uh, thank you. Sir. Well, thank you, sir, for that right there. Nice. Uh, I told you people are listening in real time, despite the physics of that not working out. Uh, this is specifically about an Instagram post I made, so you can follow me on Instagram, at Gina Ippie. That's right, or at, see, yeah. To see a picture of a toy. Or at Knowing Is Half the Podcast, yes. if you want to get the official feed that I keep forgetting to post on, except when I'm here. Uh, but that's fine. It's Instagram. It is what it is. You can hit us up, Facebook.com slash Knowing Is Half the Podcast. You can follow Prez Serpentor on Twitter. Oh, the other X-Men thing. Pride of the X-Men, uh, our bonus episode, just hit the Patreon fund, so if you go $5 a month, you get access to every back episode we've ever done and every bonus episode we've ever done. And for $20 a month, you can tell us what to do, which episodes to do. Yeah, yeah. You can tell Ray exactly what to do. You can tell me where to stick it, <laughs> and I probably will. And then I'll read your read your message. Oh, dear. Uh, you can also hit us up on uh, Twitter, at G.I. Joe Podcast, or individually, I am at Almighty Ray. I'm at 999 RPMs. I'm at Gina Ippie. Very excited about that. <laughs> and uh, if you are a Patreon person as well, X-Men's Externally Yours episode should be hitting the feed very, very soon if it's not there already. So get ready for a double dash of X-Men. What a way to spend the week. Man, I knew I should have been playing with these toys. <laughs> so um, I, we're done. So bye. More toys? Cupcakes. Hi, I'm Kevin Goatee. Hey, I'm Kevin Israel. We host Gutting the Sacred Cow, the best and most unique movie debate podcast out there. Why? Because we invite our guests to pick a film that they find overrated or hate and try to convince us to see their argument. They must pick a film that is a financial success, widely beloved, or critically acclaimed. 
That's right. Some of the films our guests have tried to eviscerate Raiders of the Lost Ark, Pulp Fiction, Ghostbusters. You can find us on all podcast platforms like Apple, Google, Spotify, and more. And if you want to watch our smiling faces, we're also on YouTube. Guttingthesacredcow.com is where you find all of our information. And we look forward to our guests infuriating you when they attack your favorite films.